Got a booster seat for Paige. Perfect. Got one coming. Uh, welcome, everybody. This episode brought to you by Bullfighters Only. We are just two days away from crowning the uh, newest BFO World Champion. Happens right here at Resorts World, the Resorts World Pavilion. Best bullfighters in the world. One will be crowned a champion. Welcome, everybody, live from the Doghouse Saloon here in the beautiful Resorts World Casino, uh, an incredible property here, one of the newest hotspots in Las Vegas. Joined today, I, I cannot wait for this one. This has been a long time coming. Richie Champion, his lovely bride, Paige, and uh, this is going to be this is going to be fun. <laughs> I don't even know where to start with these two. Actually, actually, I'm going to start with you, Paige. Um, I got to know, did you get in a little bit of a wrestling match last night? A wrestling match? Yeah. You did. <laughs> yeah. Do, wait. Do, wait. Was Richie, I there? <laughs> Richie, do you, did she, does she remember getting in a wrestling match, or did it happen? She should, and there was a noogie involved. Oh. So that's how you know she was present, because it's her yeah, favorite yeah, move. Yeah. Oh, that, that's her go-to yeah. move. <laughs> really? So if she was a professional wrestler, it'd be straight to the headlock and then knuckles that's, into the top. That's how you let them know. That's, that's, that that's, you're the dominant person in the fight. How many times a week do you get that? Seems like a lot more now than oh, in the beginning. A lot more now. Than, <laughs> hey, so you don't, do you remember it? Yeah, no, I do. I do. Okay, well, I mean, is this something that happens a lot? Do you know what? I wouldn't say a lot. When necessary. Does it happen enough that we should probably start going to counseling about it? or? <laughs> no, we're not there yet. Okay, we're not, not, quite. Yet. not quite. No, no. <laughs> Snapchat is a powerful thing. Oh my gosh, man. <laughs> it was so weird because like, uh, it would just happen to be the first thing that popped up <laughs> this morning. Matt Sharping from, uh, you know, Phenom Genetics. And I saw his story and I was like, oh, I can't wait to ask Paige about this. I mean, it was with Wade, so he had it coming. Wade Sankey. Yeah. 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 Sorry. He, uh, he's a guy. How does he have it coming? I mean, he's so quiet. Oh, he's got it coming. Really? Yeah. Is he one of those sneaky, like, once, quiet guys? He's quiet until he's not. Pull that a little closer. <laughs> yeah, he's quiet until he's not. And is that like after a few cocktails, maybe? Not always, but those help. For He's sure. just one of those sneaky buttholes. Yeah. It completely. happens. Like once, once you're once, in a circle, you're yeah. not safe. It, I, I believe that. Yeah. I believe it because the first time he and I actually visited, he didn't have much to say. But the second time we were around each other, yeah. it was like we were best friends. Yeah. He's a really cool guy. Like I, I'm a really big fan of, of Matt and Wade and that whole crew. They're good people. Absolutely. They're. Uh, <laughs> You don't have to agree. I, no, if you don't no, like I, him, I, you can say so. That's why you they, got the, the, the knuckle sandwich. Uh, because he's part of the family. Because we like him. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it helps. I haven't got one yet, and, and I'm okay with that, well, believe it or not. Hang around a little longer, and you might. How long have you guys been together? Since. Whoa. Five years? See, as long as we both don't know, it's okay. But I was just getting ready. <laughs> I've never seen that both of them just kind of started... Questioning. When did five years, two months, <laughs> three days, and thirty? No, twenty. No, fifteen hours. You could say anything you wanted to, <laughs> and he wouldn't know any different. He would just be like, "Yep, that's exactly right, babe." Sounds right. So, so okay. Realistically, five, six years. Yeah, twenty sixteen. Yeah, twenty sixteen. Been married. Three years. Three years. You were going to say it. I, I knew you remembered that. Absolutely. Well, our, he our, was, anna our anniversary is tomorrow. Duh. I'm already ready. <laughs> is it really? No. no. Oh. <laughs> I was like, holy crap. If that just sparked a memory right there. Let me ask you. Uh, we're in a bar right now. I feel it's okay to ask this question. Um, deep diving relationship question. Wow. Okay. I know. Uh, it, it's, we're going to get serious all of a sudden. Um, and I, either one of you can answer this uh, because I'm, I'm a newlywed. I've been married for like seven, eight months, April. My, one of my biggest concerns about being in a relationship is that at, at what point in a relationship is it okay to pass gas in front of the other person? Out the front or the back? The, wait, what? Burp or fart, man? Oh, back. I mean, at what point is it okay to fart in front of your sick other? There I'm pretty sure Richmond farted like first date. No, second. <laughs> I'm like, I'm second. like Wade Sankey. So you just get I'm like it, Wade get, Sankey. First get in time, the comfort zone. Quiet. Second time, <laughs> farting. <pardon. laughs> at least you were the one that did it first, right? That I know of. That you know of, and even if it wasn't you, you would get the blame for exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. 
Well, let's talk a little bit about this because this is your seventh or eighth trip out. Seventh. Seventh trip to the Wrangler National Finals Rodeo. Um, I was talking to Cole the other day. This is a stacked locker room. I mean, in, in my humble opinion, maybe the greatest 1 to 15 ever in the history of the sport. Yeah, first day we, we got to the check-in and we were all hanging out in the locker room looking around. I was like, this might be the best locker room I've ever been ever been a part of. Like, this is going to be really fun, and it, it's been a blast. It's a pretty prestigious group to be in. It really is, and, like, we have... We have rules and like we protect our locker room and what we do down there. And like, what do you mean? There's no Snapchat. Oh, really? And we have a whiteboard for any anybody that takes a picture or anything's on social media from our locker room. We get to say whatever we want about you on the whiteboard, and it's up there all day. <laughs> really? Yeah. And and you just got to deal with it. You got to deal. Doesn't with it. matter. Yep. Okay. What if you Snapchat the whiteboard? I mean, I. Yeah, that's no, a good I, point. I wouldn't try it. No, really, I really wouldn't. We got to. Cody Kidd, I don't know if you know him, but yeah, he, uh, he's an he's our, he, he's Wait, our, he's, he's, he's in the locker, locker room with he's you guys? He's our locker room manager. Oh, or bartender. The, uh, the bareback no. room has like the full <laughs> the bar, so there's a lot of people that come and go. That's what I've heard. I've heard the bareback yeah. riding uh, locker room is be. the bar. So if you were to walk into the locker room at any point in time, you would walk in and then Cody Kidd would be like, Matt West, welcome to the locker room. <laughs> It's like we all dream of having that song play when we walk into a room, yep. but Cody actually announces the names. We've, we've got a speaker in there, so certain people have requested certain songs when they do walk in. It's, it's getting That's a little That's the ridiculous. greatest thing ever. Do you have a song when you come in? I, I don't know, but uh, I think uh, Luke Branquino does when he comes down. Of course he would. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. That guy, he's like, <laughs> let's call it what it is. He's a little bit of a diva. My Humps by the Black Eyed Peas. I thought that was a weird request, but... No, it fits, actually. I completely believe it with that guy. And he's buying his wife carpenter jeans. What the hell is wrong with him? I, he, he, someone has to stop him. If, if, if Richie came home and said, hey, babe, look, you can put your hammer here on the side of your jeans, I feel like that's grounds for divorce. Yeah, I would tell him to keep his hammer in his own pants. <laughs> Now's a good time to mention that you're not from America. Where... where where are you from? <laughs> Wait. Too far? This no, is far. I, I actually, I, I love it because, I love it because what's funny is your Instagram profile says laughs at my own jokes. But like he laughs just as hard as you do. Because I'm funny. I, I, I don't disagree at all. I love it. I love it. But you're also Canadian, I'm, right? Yeah, I'm from Canada. Okay, that makes a whole lot of sense why yeah. you're drinking at nine in the morning and, and already throwing around the hammer it's jokes. 11, it's 12. It's close enough. One, two. It's round nine. Well, who cares? It's what round time it is. nine. People have been drunk since Tuesday. Yeah. And and it's not a big thing. What's the weirdest thing you guys have seen out here? Oh god. I watched a man eat his boogers at a stop sign the other day. <laughs> While yelling at them. While yelling at them. Pull them out. Yell at them. Eat them. That's the okay. Sorry, we just ruined everybody's lunch. They're looking over here like. Yeah, I don't want this guacamole anymore. <laughs> Got it. The, the reason I bring it up, this morning, uh, coming back from the gym, I'm walking through the hallway, and I see a guy carrying a toaster. A full, like, toaster. It's the weirdest thing. And he was dragging the cable behind him. This is in the hotel. And he's dressed really nice. And I'm like, what in the hell is he doing? How long has he been here? And, and like, why? A toaster of all things. I, like, I get it if you're making, like, protein shakes and you got a blender or something like that. But a toaster? You gotta travel with your toaster. Man likes his toast. I guess so. Do you have things that you have to travel with? Either of you? I mean, coming out here is different. We always try to set up a home base. So, like, we'll buy a blender, we'll buy like, right. cooking things. But typically, yeah. no, no, we're no. pretty easy. Yeah, no superstitions like, or anything like, like that. Coffee, like. Which I've also learned, this is an insight for you, is I have, like, super bad social anxiety. Same. So, Sweats but I will, I will just sweat. Really? Like, but I figured it out, like, yesterday, that if I don't drink coffee, I don't have to wear 17 different shirts in a day. Okay, but I don't drink coffee, and I do the same thing. You have a problem. We can't what? help you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. I, I will call you for my therapy session next week. Uh no, I'm really, really, really socially awkward. When there's not a microphone involved, 
I'm so shy. I don't like it. I don't like talking to people. Like this right now drives me incredibly crazy because <laughs> it's a small crowd. You put me in front of 16,000, 17,000 people, we're good. You yeah. put me in front of 50,000 at AT&T Stadium, perfect. Yeah. But in a, a room full of 100, 200 people, I get scared to death. You the same way? Uh, yeah. Like I have no problem being in the arena, you know. In your element. About to do my thing. Um, I, the more the better. Right. Yeah. If it's one person, two person, 50 people, like, oh. I'm the same way. I feel like you're not that way. I like performing. So even if there's one person, I'm going to give them a show. I, I, I wish I was that way. I think you just pretend. Pretend. Or do you do music at all? Do, do you I sing? Play? No, you... I'll, I can. I feel like your know. mentality would be perfect <laughs> for a lot of musicians because there's a lot of people that it doesn't matter where they're at or who they're in front of. They'll grab a guitar and they'll sing as loud as they can. And they suck, but they, they're <laughs> confident that they just keep doing it. Like, I wish I had that confidence. I think, though, like, it comes from skating. Like, we practiced to perform. And so I used to make it my goal to catch someone's eye in the rink. Which is incredible to me and, and i want to make sure i get this right but you actually went to the olympics in figure skating correct yeah pairs figure skating so i did like the the lifts and the throws and stuff like that with a partner like the will ferrell movie exactly, exactly. like the yeah. will ferrell movie blades of glory yeah couldn't think of the name same same do you get that a lot yes it's annoying isn't it the only figure skating show that anybody in the world knows so yeah well and the the nancy kerrigan tanya harding whole ordeal and all the look at you we got a figure skating yeah. fan <laughs> big here. time big time i don't know what you just did but that was weird uh but anyways uh, okay anyways um have you have you got him on the ice yes are you a skater phenomenal really no, no. bullshit yeah <laughs> it's bad uh, have, but had you tried to skate before meeting her i had and then we started dating more seriously and then it was time to go meet the family and she said we're gonna go skating because you're not gonna embarrass me Co- okay, so does your family skate? Uh, like, or, or her family skate? Oh, yeah. All of them played hockey at one point. Oh, yeah, they're Canadians. Everybody yeah. does it. Yeah. yeah. That's like first Christmas gift. Here's your skates. Let's go. It was like a third date, and I was like, let's go buy you some skates. Really? Yeah. And how was it? It was, like, I'm He's a quick learner. But it's, it's not great. And but, he's athletic, and, like, he, 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 was, he was getting the hang of it. You're an athlete. But not something you want to do? Because where'd you grow up? Everywhere. Okay. Um, spent, I'd skated growing up because I lived in Alaska for six years. Wait, what? Yeah. So, okay. Talk me through this. Where did it start? Okay. <laughs> the skating or my life? Life. <laughs> where did life, where was, where was little Richie born? Orange County, California. Okay. Was there for like two months. Okay. We to Cimarron, New Mexico. I think I was there till I was two. And then we moved to Alaska. I was there till I was eight. Then we moved to Dallas. And then the years started getting confusing, but I went from Dallas to Arizona to Washington State, back to Texas to finish high school, and then went to Tarleton, stayed there, and then we moved to Montana recently. Why? I mean, why, why the moves? My dad was in the hotel business. So oh, okay. he's just switching companies yep. here and there. And yeah, he's uh, the last move, he's still with that company. And, uh, the Woodlands. Did did that drive you crazy, or did you did you? It was just part of it, or what? Yeah, in the beginning, it wasn't like, you know, when your parents say you're moving and you got to say goodbye to your friends, that's no fun. But like, right, it's just easy. You just don't make any friends past that point, and like, <laughs> see, that's what I was gonna say. Like, I wouldn't have enough friends to really care about moving from point A to point B. Like, okay, cool, let's go. I feel really fortunate. I actually have friends that you know I might have been in that state for one year. I'm one friend that'll reach out now and be like, hey, man. It's awesome you're doing everything out there. You know, we keep, we keep up with you. So, yeah, I've made a lot of relationships all over the world, and I feel like that not being in one place thing set me up for rodeo because I start itching if I'm somewhere for too long. So uh, That's what I was going to say. I mean, it's a perfect setup to lead into the career path. Now, do you ever get random Facebook messages and you're like, who the hell is this? All the time. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Is it people from, like, the past? Yeah, and I'll be like, oh, man, I do remember you from third block grade nine like yeah yeah takes a little bit to sink it do you yeah. ever look at him and go who's this bitch <laughs> no i'm not worried about them <laughs> at a girl uh, you sound like my wife no i can bury bodies i'm good whatever doesn't yeah, matter we're good 
So, okay, so how did this happen? Like, like do you guys remember? Yeah, I don't even know if you, I even want to ask. Yeah. You guys remember? She's got a pretty good story. Uh-oh. <laughs> I love story time. <laughs> you don't think so? Okay. <laughs> no, we had met through friends. Make something else up. It's fine. I don't care. No, no, no. I, I, I don't. I'm not ashamed of it. We, we met um, at an Eagles concert. Yeah, we were both dating other people, but the friend group. We all went to the concert together, and then saw him around for a little while. A couple years later, um, he was coming up to Canada to a rodeo, and I thought it'd be perfect to have a one night stand with him. <laughs> And uh, there it is. He was my one and only one night stand, and I messed it up, and I married him. Yeah, you screwed that one up. You're yeah. not good at it. I'm not. I know. But you never really hear the females say that. I mean, they're they're all thinking it, but but they never really come out and say it. Yeah, I, you yeah. got a you got a good I, one. I was I, at the airport. She dropped me off, and like the hug the next morning was like. And like, I'll never see you again. Sitting at the airport, and I was feelings. like, oh, I was man, like, I'm in such deep shit right now. Like, why so? Did you, did you think? I just, I don't know. I just knew. And then I texted her, and I was like, hey, so that was fun. I'm coming back to Calgary for 10 days. <laughs> Keep this thing going. <laughs> That's kind of like, like me and my wife. I, I finally got to a point in life where I was like, you know what? Screw it. The next one who walks through the door is the winner. I'm going to put a ring on it. And, and there she was. She slid in my DMs. And, and it was over. But it was one of those things, like, we, we, we started talking randomly, and then all of a sudden, like, I was like, man, I, I really enjoyed just talking to this person, and I don't like talking to humans uh, at that point. And we just we started talking and started talking. We, she flew back and forth to work with me a couple of times, and then all of a sudden I was taking her to the airport, and I realized I don't like taking her to the airport. Oh. And I looked at her, and I said, F it. Sell your house and move to Oklahoma. And she looked at me and she said, what? And I said, F it. Sell your house, move to Oklahoma. She goes, are you serious? I said, absolutely. So she flies home on like a Sunday. On Monday, she calls her real estate agent and says, hey, just in case, like if I wanted to test the waters, she goes, let me test the waters. The next day, she had three offers on her house, had it sold within two days and was like, hey, uh, hope you were serious. And then you want to talk about going back to a nervous sweat? This guy, this guy, I was, I was sweating bullets. I signed up for something that I, I wasn't ready for, but my God, what a blessing. Like, yep. it was the coolest thing ever. I think it's just supposed to work out if it's supposed to work out, right? Like, it was kind of the same thing. We just like talking to each other. Yeah, yeah I, and I feel like you guys are, are, are the way we want to be. Please don't tell me I'm wrong in this, but I, I brag about, like, how much fun we have, and, like, I... I'm serious. When I say, if I'm away from her for a day, it drives me nuts. She's my best friend. And like, I love all my other friends, but if I had to choose, she's the one I'm going with. And everybody says, oh, wait till the honeymoon stage is over. I married somebody that I'm going to be in that honeymoon stage with forever. I feel like you guys are are the same way. Definitely. And like the, I always tell her like in the summer, because I've got to be gone. It's like, I'll come home for three days and I'll see you in two weeks. And she's like, I just miss you. I'm like, stop saying you miss me because you don't know what that does to me. Right. Like, it's so much easier for me to be out here and just keep Look, we can all do without rodeo. Oh, we'll just retire. Like, I'll move home. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, but yeah, it's it's definitely made ice pack up the house and leave for three months and never look back and have a blast. And now it's like, I got a day off. And I'm like, oh, yeah. I guess I could get home for like seven hours and then I could just not sleep and then get to that rodeo. Yeah. But I'd at least get to go home. I used to, I, I used to be the guy that, oh, I've got five days off in between these, but they're within six or eight hours. Well, I might as well spend those extra days out there somewhere between. And like, I'll be home in a month. It's fine. And, and now I'm the guy that, you know, Megan was in Dallas for work here a few months ago. I was at home, or flew home, threw my stuff in the house, booked a flight from Tulsa to Dallas, no bags, gym shorts, tennis shoes, <laughs> came straight off the plane, straight out the front, jumped in the car just so I could drive from Dallas back home with her. You know, that, yeah. f- that five-hour drive, like, it, like, yeah, I don't want to wait another five, six hours. Let's yeah. just, I'll jump yeah. on a plane and we'll do that. I feel like you guys kind of have that, that same. Yeah, we have a lot of fun together. That's, that's genuinely it. Yeah. Right? It's simple. It's supposed to be. Yeah. At least I think anyways. Speaking of fun, I don't I can honestly say you're the first Olympic figure skater I've ever had on this podcast. Oh, well, you're welcome. 
And you're so humble. I, I love it. Tell me about that, honestly. And I'm sure you've told this story a million times, but I, I don't even know the first thing about trying to get into figure skating, much less be an Olympic athlete. Yeah, I, I would say, like, I kind of l- lucked into it. Growing up in a small town in Canada, you learn to skate because there's eight months of winter. Like, there's nothing. How small? 200 people. That's my kind of small right yeah. there. Yeah, and so I grew up on a ranch outside of, outside of Kennedy. And I just started skating, and I loved it. And my parents just kind of wanted to help me, wanted to give me the best opportunity. And so they, when I was around nine, they started looking nearby for a better coach. Um, in a town 25 minutes from home, I started skating with the coach that took me to the Olympics. Really? Yeah. Just that simple. Yeah, easy peasy. Um, but figure skating is typically a sport that when you get to a certain level, you move away to one of the big training centers like Montreal or Vancouver, especially in pairs. Um, but we never were interested in leaving our coach. She was so committed to us. None of us knew what we were doing. My coach had never coached pairs before. We learned really? off of like a TV and VCR. We taught ourselves just like making it up as we went along. And so she was so committed to our growth that we just bet on her. And we would travel when we needed to. We would go and bring in extra help. Um, but 15 years later, we qualified and went to the Olympics. That's the craziest thing ever. But isn't that like the truth of how it's supposed to be? Like you find somebody that's committed to helping you be better and you just, yeah. that's the person I'm going to ride with. Exactly. I mean, it's kind of like rodeo a Completely. lot of times. Yeah, and like, she, I've learned so much from her. She's like, you guys don't have, like, you don't coaches? have coaches. You don't, like, like, no. But ever since, you know, we've been together, it's just been constantly just adding people to my team. And, like, because yeah. it makes the whole thing that much better. And everyone's got skin in the game. And, you know, it really drives your performance. And I think that's why, why they did so good. Like, we still, when we go up for holidays, we go to her coach's house and have an out with her family. And, yeah, it's really... They're like family. Really special They're family, yeah. We had a small team of people. Everyone was an expert in their own area. And then you get to just focus on your one thing because you trust your people. And I think that really brings people really close together. Like, we did a really cool, amazing, kind of unprecedented thing. And now we're a family and we stay in touch all the time. That's the kind of story that they write books about. And I'm not just, I'm not kidding, but that's the kind of story that that people look for and, and that they sincerely write books about. I think that's cool. Thanks. Um, seven times, you said, yep. to the NFR? Does it suck being the second best athlete in your family? <laughs> I mean, because she went to the Olympics. I'm sorry. I love you, but... All week, I went on Lucia's show, and I'm like, sweet, got Lucia's show that morning. Hey, man, can you bring Paige? Like, yes, <laughs> sure can. And I'm like... Hey, let's go get lunch. He's like, no, I have another talk show I'm on today. I'm like, you know, okay, it's cool. I'll go eat by myself. No, Richmond is a phenomenal athlete. Literally everything that he does, he's like, oh, I'm just great at it. It was it it was his way of a subtle flex that yeah, I've done all these other shows. I I guess I can come to yours today. Uh, I get it. Everybody's way more important than I am. I I completely get it. No, but uh, sincerely though, let's talk about your little journey because the first time I remember watching you get to to do your thing was at AT&T Stadium at the American. Yeah. Um that was wild. Life-changing? Yeah. Oh my god. Yes. And then to like last night I had the horse I won the won the million on. Uh, oh really? 7 years later hadn't been on him since. He didn't have a great day, but it was still just walk down memory lane. It was really cool. Um but no, that that day I mean, I was in college. I was having yeah. my best year pro rodeo at that point. Um, I'd won Denver and placed at San Antonio, and then they come up with this American, and like, might be too good to be true, but whatever, we might as well throw our name in the hat. And uh, qualified, got into it, and then that day was just magic. <laughs> First million-dollar winner at the American. When they hand you that check and they say, you know, Richie, you just won a million dollars. What's the thought? What do you do? Like, right. Yeah. <laughs> crazy. Uh, I remember getting off stage and they cut me the check and I held it and I looked at it and I handed it to my dad and I was like, I don't want that. <laughs> oh, did they, did they really cut you a check? 
right there. Walked no out of the kidding. With one point one in my hand. Oh, did you piss yourself? Oh yeah. <laughs> I, I can't even imagine uh, the party that happened that night. That was pretty fun. Really? <laughs> it was wild. Yeah. Uh, uh, so I all both the like the, at the hotel. Okay, so the. It's so like, cool. Everyone, in, you know, it was the host hotel, so we're all hanging out downstairs, and I walk in, you know, because we had to do all the stuff afterwards, so everyone's already back there partying, walk in, everybody in the bar starts clapping, and we come in, and they're like, the bar couldn't keep up with the amount of people. Well, my mom... So they were going to shut it they down. They were going to shut it down at, like, 10 or 11, and my mom and my brother and my dad have all been in the, you know, hospitality service mm-hmm. industry, so they're like... <laughs> no, you're not. Here's what you're going to do. You're going to shut the bar for 30 minutes, get back on, we'll you know, help you get back on top. And they, they, my parents were like moving around, helping them bus and stuff like that. Really? And they opened back up. Well, then we're just buying cases of beer and shove and like the, the Crown Plaza is just like the big open. So yeah. all the rooms are around all the way up. Yeah. And there was just open doors and cases of beer going up to the rooms. And it was just like the party just went on all it's night. It's like long. Santa's workshop was, with just beers <laughs> going was, everywhere. It was awesome. That's awesome, man. I mean, you got to celebrate it. Absolutely. Like that, that, is, that is one of those things, not just in your life, but that's for everybody in the sport of rodeo. That was a moment that changed everybody's life because now it's real yeah and crazy enough the guy that wins a million dollars the first ever american his name is rich champion like how storybook what said it's storybook you couldn't have planned it better it's almost annoying that it's storybook like you're you're welcome (laughs) thanks at least you're humble too my god this is amazing (laughs) tell me about the name though i mean because there's a lot of talk about it but Uh, mom always loved the name richmond really yeah um, and the champion part just well, yeah, I've, kind I of mean, fell into that. Obviously, but, but did they ever think about that, or have you ever had that conversation? I don't think so, and I don't think they ever had any plans of me being a competitor of anything, like maybe a businessman. Like, Flynn always gives me crap, and Richmond champion the third. <laughs> like, I think I that's it. what they had in mind more so than... Like, you should be carrying a briefcase yeah. instead of a rigging bag. <laughs> yeah. So, any rodeo in your family before that? Uh, my brother uh, rode barebacks, and... Got me into bull riding when we were younger, and then I kind of followed him back to the bucking horses. If the parents were in the, the hotel industry, where, where did he get into it? Uh, we moved to, I think it was when we moved to Arizona. I was in, getting into horses. I Richmond, a, fun was fact a, for you, was a mounted shooter. Wait, what? <laughs> Some people might not fully understand how valuable that little nugget of information <laughs> is. But mounted shooter. He was very good at it. Did you wear fringe? I wore chinks. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining us, everybody. We'll see you next time. Please tell me there's pictures floating oh, around. Yeah. Oh, Is this something funny. you still do? Uh, no. The last time I shot, me and Casey Field got invited to a celebrity shoot in uh, Stephenville, Texas. Yeah. And I just played dumb. Like, I didn't really know what I was doing. Casey didn't know that he used to do I'd, this. Done it. You're a hustler. So I, we make these bets, and I was like, okay, the only way we're betting is if we get to ride the same horse and we shoot the same guns. It's the only way it's fair. Yeah. So it's the only I, way I go fair. first, and I hadn't done it in four years and had a really nice horse, uh, some friends of ours own, and run through there, shoot the whole pattern clean. It was like, ended up being like top three times in the entire match of all the people that were there competing. <laughs> and then Casey goes out there. Misses one, drops a gun, hits a barrel, <laughs> like train wreck. And he's like, all right, you hustled me. I was like, yes. <laughs> so yes, did I you did. fess up and be like, yeah, I've done it. Yeah, this. but he still had to pay up on his bets. Well, yeah, I mean, a bet's a bet. Yeah. I don't care. If I lie to you and still win the bet, that's your <laughs> bet. Exactly. Shouldn't have made the bet. <laughs> yes. it's, it was fun. It was, uh, I, I was around horses every day from the time I was probably nine till I was 18. Really? Um, and I feel like that had a lot to do with, like, whenever I did start riding bucking horses, just the confidence and the horsemanship that crosses over into it. Bingo, um, you, you, horsemanship. People yeah. don't understand the horsemanship that comes into mounted shooting. And I'm not going to ever talk bad about it because I saw the other day Cowboy Cerrone has been doing a lot of mounted shooting. Yeah. So that's cool all of a sudden. Yeah, I mean, it was never cool, I don't think, but <laughs> it was fun. Uh, I met a lot of really good people and a, you know, yeah. a lot of fans, that, friend, people that message me now and watch me in the rodeo. And, um, yeah, it was a, I said, something I, I don't, you know, 
hide from, but right, you yeah. always take some jokes with it. Yeah. yeah. Pew, pew. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course. Of course. Uh, I'm, I'm surprised somebody hadn't bought you some nice little kid holsters yeah. with some cap guns in the locker room here. Christmas is coming up. Christmas is coming up. Put that out there. There you go. I'm going to tell Tilden that, uh, hey, guess what? Hey, but, but for you, I know you come from a small town. Was there a rodeo in your family at all? Yeah, so I grew up on a ranch. My dad was a professional bull rider, and we actually have a rodeo company up in Canada. So we produce amateur rodeos. My dad subcontracts at professional rodeos, and we've had several of our horses at the NFR. I just, it's crazy to me, the, the figure skating and the rodeo tying in together. I mean, I, that's fascinating to me. Yeah, I grew up in rodeo. I just... Never really did. I think I always wanted to be a barrel racer. Um, but at nine, when I started kind of becoming more competitive, I also had just got a barrel horse. But my parents said, you can't do both. I was skating all summer and all spring. And so they just said, you have to choose. And my dad was a really good influence. He said, you can always come back and barrel race later in life. Yeah, but that's also bullshit. That's not always the truth. Like, no, parents say not. that. You can always come back and do this. no. No, I can't, you know, sometimes. But also, figure skating lifespan is a lot shorter. Like, I retired at 24, and I was, again, maybe 28 would be end of the line. You don't see a 60-year-old pair figure skater. But, I mean, rodeo, you don't go, obviously, barrel racing's different. You look at Donna Kay and things like that. But in terms of most rodeo events, you don't see people making it deep into their... I would say most, like, especially the rough stocks, like, I use that excuse to quit school, you know. Right. I can always go back to school. Yeah, I, I can, can always go back to school. For so I used that. Yeah, but six times I used that one. <laughs> I enrolled at the same college three different times and did not get a degree. <laughs> I went to uh, I went to four different colleges over the span of six years and got an associate's degree in agriculture. Yeah. How's that? Hey. Wow. More That's degrees good. than I got. That's uh, I got a two-year you. degree well, in ag. Cheers. You. There you go. <laughs> No, to clarify, like, Dad was saying, I mean, I was nine. I fell more times. I was like right, a, right. a bulldog out there. Like, I, I was not an Olympic athlete. He just was meaning there's opportunities as is shorter in figure skating at a younger age. Not meaning, like, that I was going to be anything in either right. of them. So, so they didn't think, okay, we, this is something you can really, really excel at? Absolutely not. Really? No, I was not talented. I worked harder than people, and I could fall more times and get back up faster. I I love that because, you know, I was talking to Cor Blunt earlier this week, and he said, when I started trying to play music, I was horrible. I couldn't sing, couldn't play guitar. You know, the songwriting thing was, there was nothing that really came naturally. He said, I had to work my butt off to be able to get to where I'm at right now. And, And that makes you appreciate things so much more. Oh, absolutely. Like, that was... That was everything to me was the effort that I put out into my sport. The results are obviously what you're striving for, but the effort is what meant something to me. Did you have a backup plan? No. Or was it just, I got a rodeo? <sighs> I mean, I never, like, I went to college and never picked a major. You know, I just right. didn't, I was there to rodeo at that point. Um, but I didn't really know, I didn't figure out I wanted to ride bareback horses till the summer before my senior year. You know, I was riding bulls up until then, and uh, let's say I was, I was before getting, your senior year of, of high school. High school, okay. yeah. I was getting on bulls. I didn't ride very many of them, but um, a lot of guys do that. Yeah, and then started riding bareback horses, and I just loved it. And then started. I think that was in July, and I bought my permit the next year or that next that winter when I turned eighteen, and God, I didn't win a check for eight months, but I knew that this was. I mean, it's all I thought about. Really? You know, I, no, I didn't have a backup plan. I, if I, nothing else mattered. Like, what was it? I mean, what was it you were drawn to? Because I, I look at the two, and if I had to ride bulls or get on bareback horses, no-brainer. Bull I'm going long. bulls all yeah. day long. I don't know. I, I just got on so many of them and just could never get my mind to cross over with my body to actually – I knew how to do the thing. I just couldn't – do the thing when right. it came time to do it. Yeah. Um, wow, that was beautiful. Poetic. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that, that's how I feel about golf. I hate golf. I'm so mad. Like, I get so mad, and I, I don't drink. 
so golf sucks, okay? <laughs> uh, and I get out there, and everybody's like, this is how you do it. And my swing looks really good, but I hit things into trees and other people, <laughs> and I throw clubs, and I just can't figure it out. And I'm so competitive that, like, I, I, get, I get mad. Yeah. And then that's all I can think about until I just say, I got to quit. Yeah. yeah. No, that was, that was it. I, I, re- I remember going home from this bull riding, and I was like, I suck. Like, wow. <laughs> that was bad. It's a humbling sport. And the next day, my brother woke me up. He's like, hey, I'm going to go get on some practice horses. You want to come? And I was like, yeah, I'm getting on one, too. And he's like, yeah, you've said that, whatever. And I was like, no, I'm doing it. And I don't know what it was. Like, I just climbed in. And, like, the fact that it, like, bull riding such give and take, like, push and pull. And, like, more of that dance and fluidity. And, like, it just felt good to go kick something. Like, I just liked that it was aggressive. And it was 100% from the get-go. And if... Basically, all anyone told me when I was starting is if you give 120%, you're not going to get hurt. So as long as you don't weaken, you're going to be fine. That's a really and good that been And that might have been a lie, but I've been living to it for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> it's got you to Vegas seven yeah, times. Yeah. Won you a million dollars. I think it works. <laughs> yeah. uh, I've never really thought of it like that because I, we just look at, at what it looks like from the outside, and it just looks painful as hell. Um, and, but, but bull riding aspect is... People don't realize like how much men- mental toughness you have to have and how quick you've got to be able to react. Like that's the thing that like my brain, I have a hard time just functioning as a human adult, <laughs> much less being able to react to situations like that. Yeah, it, it's all subconscious, right? Like you just but it's getting yourself out of your own way to do that. I mean, I feel like any rough stock event, well, any any event, you know, like yeah, somebody about scoring the winning goal. They don't remember what they did to do it. It was yeah. just reaction, just happened. and that's and that's the only way you can ride. You know, bucking animals is because if you think and you're late, you know. And and I always tell people, and they're God, it looks is your back okay? Is your neck okay? Like we saw this picture of you, and you look like it hurts. Right. And I've always wondered that too. I'm like, why am I making that face when I'm having so much fun? <laughs> like, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I it mean, is, that's where kids come from. Yep. <laughs> I was going to go there. <laughs> Glad you did. <laughs> she started this. Uh, but, okay, so, so when you guys get together, like, uh, you don't have the factor, I'm assuming, that a lot of uh, girlfriends, fiancés, wives have, and that fear factor of, oh, he might get hurt if you've been around it your whole life. Am, am I right? Yeah, I'm, and I don't think it serves anyone to be thinking about the, oh, he could get hurt. Um, I'm always watching Richmond to see how well he's doing. Actually, half the time I'm watching the horse because I just trust that Richmond's doing his job and I want the horse to buck. Like- you should put on classes, seminars. <laughs> for why- I- I'm serious because I watch some of these wives and it hurts me yeah. to see how like, upset and how worried they get sometimes. Well, and I- it's understandable. Don't get me wrong. Totally. It's completely understandable. But-, but the piece that you just described made me go, oh, yeah, okay makes sense well I think it comes down to also like being a competitor myself I, I I care and I want Richmond to do so well but I truly know that there is nothing that I'm gonna do that's gonna help him and so I may as well be confident in him yeah. that's, I mean that's that that's awesome because a lot of people have a hard time being confident in their own ability when you've got somebody that's with you every step of the way that's got to help you oh 100% yeah you know, there's definitely been times in the past years out here where I'll draw a certain animal and things like that and she's like or and it or it won't go good and she's like well you just gave way too much power to that like you fed into that yeah that fear whatever those worries and it's just constantly stuff we talk about that stuff doesn't even register with me anymore like you're just yeah we're a good team do you get I mean do you guys talk about like okay what went wrong and things like like do you sit down kind of like a coach would and kind of break things down afterwards. Yeah. And like I'll some nights I get to the locker room and she's like, Wow, you sucked. Like, like I don't say it like that, but it, I say you it. You might nicer. as well have. But like <laughs> I'll be down there, I'm like, oh that they the judges screwed me, whatever. And she'd I be feel like, like if she'd it's be like, Well, your right foot really wasn't moving. And I'm like <laughs> I was gonna fine. say, I feel like if it's if it's rodeo time and, and like it's of an evening or night. And maybe she had a cocktail or two. She'll tell you if you suck. Yeah, she, she doesn't need the cocktail to do that. 
It's, I think it's just like important, a little bit of feed forward, right? Like I said, I had a team of people telling me when I sucked and when I was doing something wrong, and that's never my intention to tell him what he's doing wrong. It's what you could do better. But society's so damn sim- sensitive that they don't understand that. Like, I want people to tell me when I'm doing something wrong or have a bad day. I feel like everybody should be able to have that. We have, at the end of a show, like we do this five or ten minutes of honesty. And it's like, okay, if, if, if I had a bad show... Lay into me. Tell me, because I'm fixing that thing for tomorrow. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like everybody needs that, especially in a competitive field. 100%. And I think, too, like, it's so easy to be unaware, like, as a rider. Because, I mean, things are happening fast. You've got adrenaline. Some parts you don't remember. Like, I, I don't talk about the ride until I can see it, because I know how it felt. But just because it felt that way doesn't necessarily mean that... There's an alarm going off. Yes, there is. Uh, this happened the other day where everything shut down, and these kept recording. Okay. So I have no idea what's going on other than the alarm in the hotel is going off. Perfect. Um, yeah. So okay. they're telling me now. Sure. We'll, we'll still record. Uh, I hope the place isn't burning down. Yeah. The people <laughs> in the audience can't hear us. But, uh, yeah, so if if if... If it gets really, really hot where we're at, we'll just run. Absolutely. But we'll hang in there as long as <laughs> yeah. we can. So um, there we go. Anyways, nice. we're back. Uh, I have no idea what we were talking about. That was weird. We were talking about how you don't talk about your ride until yeah, after you watch just it. Being oh, yeah, just being aware. And, like, it's, it's a hard thing to do. You, you see a lot of your ride, but it, most of it's off feeling. And sometimes you get on a, one really bucks or you're like, what happened just then? Like, you're 88 and you have no reason. You don't know why because it's just so fast. So come back and watch the video or like to be able to say she'll say something like you know your right foot you missed a couple jumps like yeah you're pretty tight tonight or something like that and it, as much as it like makes me mad i'm like she's right like yep I it was i and that happens so often because especially in the bareback riding you'll see scores coming in and i listen to it at like the watch parties and at rodeos it's fine what? i hope that comes through this episode <laughs> <I hate> too <laughs> so wow Okay, they're not going to get our attention. But so many people will boo when the score comes through. And it's crazy because it looks amazing on one side. Yeah. Right. But it's fascinating to me how different it can look on the other side. Yeah. That's our, I mean, that's our event. Like, that's if the guy that's even and can do it with yeah. both feet and stay in the middle. That's what wins the money. Um, and, you know, like, you're going to have – you know, with four judges here, you're going to have different opinions as far as what they're looking for. But, like, as long as you just stick, it's you can't get caught up in that when you're out here or rodeoing all season if you want to get here. You just got to keep working on you and trying to make that ride better and putting be able to put that on every horse, and no matter what that horse does. And I think what's interesting about a judge sport is that the score determines the placing, but, like, it's very subjective, and so that's why I think it's really important in an event like this to always be evaluating yourself at your own standard. Right. right? I, I completely agree because, and at the end of the day, I'm one of those guys that, and I know for historical references that numbers matter. Yeah. But in a judge sport, if it's placed correctly, the numbers really don't, don't bother me at all. Like, I don't care. If first place guy is, is he's the best one, Put him there, yeah. and so on and so on. I'm good with it. You? Yeah, it, I, I could care less if somebody's 98 as long as they got the order right of who's yeah. first, second, third, fourth, all the way down. As long as you get paid what you're supposed to get paid. Exactly. exactly. And, and that's really important here Yeah. because there's so much money in these 10 days nice. that you could really ju- – like most of the time in most events, if you qualify to the NFR, you got a chance to win the world, Yeah. especially this year. There were, there's a lot of things that have shifted. Yeah. I, I I don't know if I should feel bad or not because I know it's a it's a competition, but like I almost feel bad for Tilden because I I like look, I love everybody, but I was pulling for Tilden. He comes into the number one man and like, let's go, come on, get that world title. And he's just not had the best eight days to start. No, and that's yeah, we're it hurts me too. I I love Tilden. I mean if I can't win it he he might as well, you know, and um 
he just drew bad. Yeah. You no, know, he's just had bad luck. And that's sometimes that's it. That's sometimes sometimes it doesn't have to do with the judges. It doesn't have to do with Tilton's not doing anything wrong. Wrong. Right. He's riding great. He just hasn't had an animal. You to, play the cards you're dealt. Exactly. And that's the thing. Everyone gets gets their own hand out here, and you got to play them. And uh, he's he's done phenomenal. I mean, he's, I've watched him ride some horses that have had some really bad days, yeah. and just the rides he's made on those are hard rides to make because he's not getting any help from that horse. Yeah. And you know, it's just it's just the way it goes out here. Sometimes it sucks. What I love about it is he always has a smile on his face. He's always having fun. And I mean, I feel like like you're kind of the same way. I, I, I every time I see you, you just got a big smile on your face. Am I am I wrong? No, like, you're right. Ha- you're I right. love happy people. Yeah. That that understand it goes back to what you said a minute ago about having that piece of 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 everything that you know what we can't control certain things. I I don't always have that mentality, and I wish I did. Like, how do you teach that? Please, just write a course. You do. <laughs> it's, it's what I do for a living. I yeah. was just getting you ready to say <laughs> you do actually. Tell me about that. Oh gosh, um, what do you want to know? I mean, I, I learned through my own career that you can win the practice, but it doesn't matter unless you can keep it together to go and compete. And and that's by focusing on the things that you have control over and how you show up. And after retiring from sport, I just, I felt like so many more people could benefit from having that mentality. And so I'm working really hard to just build a business working with primarily like entrepreneurs, but I also have a a select few handful of of rodeo athletes. Um, But really it's just, it's helping people take ownership of how they show up rather than being reactive. Have you heard, have you read that book, Extreme Ownership? I haven't. You'll you'll have to. It's yeah. it's it, yeah. It's an incredible book. I actually heard about it from Michael Chandler, UFC fighter, buddy of mine, and he was talking about it. I think it was Rogan's podcast or whatever. You would love it. But it, it, it's all about the principle of you own everything in your life, the positive, the negative, everything. And if we all accepted that, I feel like it would give us a better opportunity to move forward in in success. Yeah. It's, it's taking control of who you are and, and what you do every day, whether it be in your mind, like what you think, what you say, how you treat people, how you show up to compete. Um, people have more control over themselves and what you get, can do in life than they give themselves credit for. Yeah, absolutely. So does she, uh, does she coach you all the time? Not, not, I'm not talking rodeo. I'm talking about life. Does she, uh, does she coach you? Yeah, we, like we've had times where I'm like, "Okay, coach off." Like, let's just talk. But it's again, that's feedback for me, right? Early right. on, I was just like, "Oh my gosh, like I just want to help." And he was like, "I just want I just want my wife. Like I don't need I don't need to be coached right now, yeah. which is awesome, right? Yeah. Cuz it helps. It's creating boundaries. Sometimes you just need ears." Yeah. Yeah. But I think like in the time we've been together, I've just learned so much about that that aspect of like that way of life. Right. Um, when we I, first when we first started dating, I would I wasn't even like a, a coach yet. I just was talking from experience and I would like suggest something or ask like what he was thinking about here and he would be like, I don't want to talk about it. If it went bad, I'm gonna change my socks, I'm gonna move on with my life. Yeah. And I was like, Cool. Like if that's where you're at and that's what you think works, then awesome. It's not my job to change it. And then over time, you just you got more curious, now right? I, now I like all that stuff. So like when we do have a conversation, she doesn't even have to coach me because we're using the same terminology. And yeah. Like just thinking like just same brain. I, I was the same way because I, I, I was the same way because like if something went wrong and it was brought to my attention, look, I got it. I know what went wrong. I, I know. I, I'll fix it. Yeah. But it becomes over time you start to realize that they're not trying to school you. They're not trying to scorn you. Like, it's all about helping each other. Yeah. But that's not easy to accept sometimes. Definitely. Uh, it, it wasn't for me. No, I mean, I think we... Are stubborn those, and hard yeah, at it. I say we create those barriers, and yeah. it's something that, you, like, you want to protect, but it's also just, no, you're, you're right, I guess. Like, yeah. It and just I, takes some time for it to it's, settle. Once it's, it's like my, the, once it, she, once she gives it enough time for it to be my idea, he's all in. It's all. It's good. like that stubborn colt in the round pen. Once you finally just give your head and say, "Okay, I'll do things your way," life gets a whole lot easier, buddy. <laughs> it really does. <laughs> it really does. I also think that rodeo has just progressed so 
quickly in the past few years where everyone is working to find an edge yep. where it's still so traditional, which is awesome, right? You're cowboys and cowgirls, but it's also yes a little no. bit more of a sport now. And so everyone is working really hard to find that 1% yep. that, that they can have over somebody else. And if you're not working for that, well, then you're getting behind. I do a lot of things with the Western Sports Foundation, and, and they do these three, four-day clinics where we bring in different people. We'll bring in, like, sports psychologists because a lot of times it has nothing to do with the athletic ability. A lot of times it's just being able to overcome things in your mind. And, and as, as stubborn cowboys, cowgirls, whatever, as humans – we don't want to admit that there's things that we just need to talk about or say and, and get off our chest. But once we do, man, it is so much easier to move forward. Yeah. And I think that those are things that I really do believe those are things that have to happen in this sport for it to be able to continue to flourish and evolve and to become super, super mainstream. We have to accept responsibility that there are things in this life that, that we need to help us. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, starting to wind down here. We're, we're kind of getting towards the end. I want you to tell me something about him that the casual world doesn't know. Oh, gosh. You just threw that at me. Or I can have him yeah, start. Yeah, have him start. I'm going to think. I, no, I, that's not how this I, works. I was going to say, I, 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 I don't want to do that because I feel like it'll go bad. Just, I mean, there's got to be something. There's got to be a quirk. Songs that he listens to on the radio or... Richmond has no... Wait a minute, stop. It became Richmond? I call him Richmond all the time. Okay. When we first started dating, I called him Richie. That's how I knew it. And he was like, can you call me Richmond? My mom calls me Richmond. Like, that's my name. I had to work so hard to, like, retrain my brain. Really? Yeah, because he was Richie. You're deflecting on this question. No, uh, actually, actually, that's my <laughs> fault. My- <laughs> I'll take ownership of this one. Okay, because I'm assuming that at every rodeo you go to, every announcer says things different. Yep. Now's, now's the chance. What do, you, what, do you, what do you want it to be? I honestly, I don't have a preference as far as the general public or announcers. Yeah. Uh, Family's like, different. Like, I sign my autographs, Richie. Yeah. Um, but family and like Tilden, he calls me Richmond or rich girl. Cool. Like, <laughs> those are like certain, guys, like certain people want, want to use the full name and that's yeah. fine. I don't care. Well, for me, I just if, don't like Dick or Richard. I gotcha. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, if we were in a different setting right now, things would be so different. But so like for me, if it's Matthew, I screwed up. I'm in trouble. Yeah. Uh, and that's why I asked, because gotcha. you were very poignant in that Richmond. Yeah. Okay. No, Anyways, just, back to the question. Tell me, something about, tell me something about Richmond that, that, that most of us don't know. He has no sense of, like, strict schedule for, for time. Yeah, I'm with you there, too. I'm a shoot-from-the-hip kind of guy. Not just in podcast. I'm a shoot-from-the-hip guy in life. Like, what do we got to do today? Yeah, okay. Cool. Yeah. Sounds all right. Yeah, and he'll give me a time. He'll be like, yeah, we're leaving at 10. And I'm like, I'm a schedule person. So I'm like, I'm going to wake up early. I'm going to get my workout in. I'm going to do this work before I go. I'm going to make breakfast. I'm like, la, 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 la. 10 o'clock hits. Bags are by the door. I'm ready to go. Richmond's like stepping out of the shower. He's like, oh, I meant around 10. Oh, huh. Megan really? is so structured. <laughs> but if you're the one that gets ready first... Does it piss you off if you have to wait on her? Because if, if I'm ready, and it's like, oh, we'll leave at 11, <laughs> and I'm ready at 10.50 to walk out the door, and she's just still getting ready, man, it annoys me. Like, <laughs> like I don't mind somebody else waiting on me, but if I'm, if I'm ready, I've, done, I've accomplished something. <laughs> we should be going right now. Are you that way? Uh, he can't be. I know. Like, I'm so... He's so just, laid back. It's, it's like today. Get up. We're going to come up. We're going to grab some lunch at the New York, and then we're going to come to your podcast. Mm -hmm. And we're sitting there, and it's slow, and it's slow. And I'm like, she's like, we've got to go. Like, I'm telling her to put it in a go order. Right now, I'm like, or I can just text Brooke and tell her we're going to be 10 minutes late. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Either way. Like, I think I apologize when we got here for being almost late. (laughs) 
And I'm like, yeah, we're 20 minutes away. You're fine. I, I don't like to be late if, if somebody else is waiting on me. Right. Yeah. But if it's something I want to do, I can do it tomorrow. I'm so bad about going home because, you know, I want to go to the gym and I want to be in the office all day and be around people. And I've got this list of things that has to get done today. But, okay. And I'll tell myself in the morning. Like, I'll, sometimes I'll write it down and be like, got to get these things done today. And then all of a sudden it's like, I could do that tomorrow. It's fine. No big deal. I, I start with that list that I'm going to get done today. And then by the end of the day, I'm just writing Tuesday on that one. Same. Wednesday on that I just one. scratch out the day at the top and go, okay. No, well. You look at the list and you're like, I'm going to go fishing. It's called adapt and overcome. That's what I do. I just adapt that I didn't get it done today. And we'll yeah. move on to the next one. Alarms going off again, yep. which means it's time for us to kind of wrap things up. Switch it up here. Okay. Pay, have you ever seen New Girl? On Netflix? No. Okay. Well, it's hilarious if you if you get okay. time. But the main character, like, she's always, like, singing things and, like, wakes up with a song in her head. <laughs> and so at any any morning, Paige's first thing is out of her mouth. Like, and I'm not a morning person. Right. Like, I'm do not. I didn't used to be until I got married. <laughs> now no. I'm a 5, 36 o'clock. I mean, I, I get up that early, but right. I'm, I'm not good to talk to for... At Give least, me time to ease into my day. 10 minutes. Like, don't ask me a question. Right. We're going to fight. <laughs> <laughs> but she wakes up, new song every day. Yeah, like, in my brain. Do you not like, wake up with a song in your head? I'm not pull, even sure my brain is functioning when I wake up. <laughs> like, much less. Every once in a while, I, and I mean like once every couple of weeks, like, I can't even remember what it was, but yesterday I woke up with the most random song, and I kept singing it, and Megan was like, what in the hell are you doing? I said, I have no idea. Yeah. I don't know where it came from. So, so I get it, but it's, it's like not very day. often that I don't happens. know where it comes from. Yeah, so it's, it's every day. Every day. And she's just, <laughs> I'm like, it's, no, we haven't even had coffee. Like, I can't even make a smile yet. Just stop. Go yeah. sing over there. That's, I used to be that way, but I've kind of transformed into her way where, like, and especially when we're in Vegas, I wake up super early. She wants to sleep in, and I'm like, nope, we're going to drive 15 minutes, and we're going to go to the gym, and we're going to work out and get our day started. And she's yeah. like, I hate what I've done to you. <laughs> like, like, she was regretting it today because she really wanted to stay in bed and all that stuff, and I was like, uh, let's We're go. Because our dogs will get up right in our face, and, and our female will stare into our eyes. And if she sees a blink or sees our eyes open, she's like, they're up, they're awake, let's go, it's party time. I get it. I completely understand. I should change my dog's name to Paige. It's go time. When, we, when the eyes are open, it's go time. We're singing a new song. We're rolling on with our day. That could be the nicest thing you've ever said to me. It probably will be forever. Uh, more, more drinks coming up. That means you guys are, are just getting primed up for the rest of your day. I'm headed over to the pavilion for the Bullfighters Only event. Um, wrapping it up, two things. One, let's talk about how people can keep up with you the coaching, social media, all things. Sure, Paige. yeah, you can follow me at Paige Lawrence Coaching. Okay, that, easy, that easy. Easy peasy. Okay. Send me a message. Say hi. Ask right. a question. Let's be friends. Sounds good. That's the website, too. Yeah, Paige Lawrence Coaching is also my website. Paige Lawrence Coaching. Yep. Why, why? Why, why isn't it champion? I'm Do you know kidding. what? Fun okay. fact, I've never changed my last name. Really? Yeah. Just because? She doesn't love me. Uh, yeah. yeah I was, I, no, it's... You know what? Let's... let's Let's hit the pause button right here. <laughs> and when we get in a room where there's no crowd, let's do the second part of this podcast, please. Perfect. We will Stay pick tuned. up right there on that topic. And I'm going to give you guys a few weeks to sort it out and think about it. All right? Deal. What about you? Following on social media, how do we keep up with you? Yeah, Instagram mostly, uh, at Richmond Champion. Okay. So, all right. Easy enough. Easy enough, guys. Thanks for doing this. Promise me we'll do this. This has been a long time coming. Yep. Uh, we've all talked about doing this. I've wanted to do this. Promise me we'll do this again soon. Sounds good to us. I, I thought she was going to say no. And I was like, <laughs> I say, I damn promise. it. Okay. Talk to my agent. Yep. I don't have one. All right. <laughs> I do. Her name is Mrs. West. <laughs> Guys, thanks for doing this. I appreciate it. Thanks Absolutely. for having me. All right. You. you bet. Everybody else that's in here, if you uh, wrap up lunch, we're headed straight down this hallway to the pavilion. The BFO World Championships are getting underway at 1.30. We will see the best bullfighters in the freestyle world. Speaking of bullfighters, 
What a treat today in the audience. Wrangler National Finals bullfighter, Nathan Harp. First time to the NFR. There you go. And uh, Smash's husband's here too. Smash Webster, <laughs> glad to have you. Cody Webster, I haven't got to officially say this. Congratulations on the second consecutive Bullfighter of the Year Award. Love you. Congrats, guys. And uh, nobody at that table is cooler than the missus. Smash Webster. Thanks, guys.